You're listening to Fit Girl, Your Guide to Getting in Shape, podcast episode number 207. I'm Kira Langolf, your host and guide to getting in shape. As a professional fitness trainer, it's my job to get clients in shape quickly and keep them healthy. In this podcast, I'll reveal to you the shape-up secrets I use along with training, nutrition, and motivational tips and advice. I'll set you straight on what works and what is a waste of time, and I'll be your guide to your best body ever. Check out my websites at fitnessmakeover.com and coachkira.com. In this episode, be aware and prepare for urges to quit. Zinc, supplements, and part two of the most common causes of exercise-related injuries. At one time or another, we've all had the urge to quit, whether it was a diet, a workout, or just a project you're working on. Those urges always come up. You get frustrated or you feel like you're not making progress and you want to quit. So what do you do about it? Well, do you just completely quit and give up on it? Or do you go back and reformulate and think about what's going on that's making you frustrated or not getting you the results you want? Now, most of the time, these urges to stop are unconscious. You don't think of it. You're not, it's not in the forefront of your head, but it is one of those mindset principles that can be in your subconscious and definitely back in the way back of your head telling you, I don't want to do this or you're not where you need to be. Whatever the case is, I'm going to give you some ways to overcome that so that if you do have the urge to quit, well, you can just push it to the side and keep on going. Now, when it comes to changing habits or bettering yourself or trying to overcome those urges to quit, awareness is more than half the battle. So if you're aware that you're having these feelings, one of the most powerful things you can do is write them down and write them throughout the day. Maybe it's just once a week, but Whatever time you have, write down when you feel these urges to quit. And then go ahead and rate it. Was it a low urge? Was it a high urge? You know, how close were you to really quitting? And become aware of what's causing those feelings and the intensity of them. Because sometimes little things come up and that's a small urge and you don't need to follow through on that. And you're really aware that you don't. But other times it's very strong felt and you really are pushing yourself to continue in doing whatever you're doing. It doesn't have to be exercise or fitness related. Now, once you figure out which times set you up for those urges to quit, is it because you don't know what to do? Is it because you're frustrated? Is it because you have failed at it and you just don't want to do it again? Well, whenever you figure that out, write down a plan. Write a plan so that when those urges hit again, and they will because our patterns do tend to repeat, you'll be ready for them. You'll have a plan for it and you'll have that plan written down so that you can commit to it. And once the urge hits, you can go straight to your plan and there you go. You've overcome it or at least you're pushing through it and you're determining whether this is something that you really need to do or if maybe you should just quit and move on to the next item. Not every urge to quit is a bad thing. Sometimes you find that you have a goal that really wasn't as important to you as you thought as you start to get closer to it. But you do need to recognize what is a real motivation blocker and what is just 
being lazy. So figure that out by writing it down. That's always the easiest way to know about things because you can go back and look at your notes. I know a lot of people say, well, I'll remember, but you know what? You don't because it's different every time. And keeping a journal or at least keeping a urge to quit log is going to help you go back and realize the patterns. It's always easier to see your patterns once they're written down rather than trying to remember them in your head. Now I'm going to go over some example urges to quit and you can think about whether you've ever had these happen to you or not. So one of them is quitting doing your cardio exercise or whatever exercise you're doing because you feel tired. Well, how are you going to counter that? You can counter that with the fact of just saying, hey, I'm here, I, I'll just finish it. I may not be doing a thousand percent, but at least I can finish it and, I'm, and I'll be happy with that. Or you can say, well, in just a few more minutes, it'll be a few more minutes. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but sometimes I will do that where I say, okay, I'm trying to do, say, 30 minutes on the bicycle. I get to 20 minutes and I'm just uh, really antsy to get off. So I tell myself, you know what, in five minutes, I'll have 25 minutes. And if I get to 25 minutes, well, I might as well do 30 minutes because it's only another five minutes. And see, now all of a sudden, that doesn't seem so bad. So sometimes it's only a few more minutes until you have a few more minutes and then you're done. Now, what if you want to quit your whole entire plan because you're not seeing your results fast enough? Now, I don't think anybody ever does see their results fast enough. We all want to be where we want to be now. But the countering that with taking an observation of what results you have seen and of course writing it down so that when you get that feeling again you can go back and say no I've made this change and that change and it doesn't have to be physical maybe you've made some great new habits maybe now you eat breakfast every day whereas before you didn't write down how you feel the pride you have in accomplishing something in making a new life for yourself as far as healthy habits and all of those little steps that you've taken so far those are all results and those are all victories. So those are things that, yes, it's not your primary goal. You don't look the way you want or whatever, but you're still inching towards that final goal. And that's what you want to focus on. Now, when it comes to weight loss, it can be very frustrating, of course, because your body doesn't really want to change. Your body doesn't want you to continue losing weight. It's happy where it is at its set point, And that's why it gets so hard when you get close to your set point. So basically, your body's going to try to urge you to quit because it doesn't want to change. And you recognize that when your body's telling you to quit, that's usually when you're about to break through that plateau or when you're about to see some major changes in progress because your body doesn't want you to change. It wants you to stay status quo, everything as it is. So realize that if you're starting to get those feelings that you just want to give up, that's when you're about to change. And I see it a lot of, with my clients all the time. They're frustrated. They're, they say, oh, I've only lost so many pounds or whatever. And you know, I tell them, you know what? That's just the indication that you're about to bust through. And usually within a couple of days or maybe the next week, they do. All of a sudden, their inches drop, their metabolism has kicked in, and they're really happy with what's going on. And they usually say, gosh, I was just about to quit, but you know, you told me give it a couple more days and I did, and I'm glad I did. So remember, when your body wants you to quit or when your mind's telling you to quit, you're about to break through to a new level. So you just push on and you will see those results. 
The last tip I'm going to give you for overcoming the urges to quit is to remember that it's a mind game. It's all what's going on inside your head. And if you know what to say to yourself when you get those urges, you'll be able to overcome them and you'll be able to recognize them for what they are. Basically, number one, a way to keep, have your body stay the same because it doesn't want to change even though you do. And sometimes it's just a mask for other feelings. So think about these urges when they come up. And when they do happen, think of what you would say if it was your best friend or your daughter or your son that came to you and said, I really want to quit. I don't want to do this. And you would talk to them and you would say, why? And let's see what's going on and kind of look at the big picture. So think of whatever you would say to them to keep you on track or to keep them on track. And that's exactly what you would be saying to yourself to keep you on track. And a lot of times we forget, we'll beat ourselves up and we'll forget that, you know what, you should be your own best friend. And if your best friend was going to say this to you, or if you were going to have to say something to your best friend, think of it that way. Because you are the only person that can be your biggest supporter because you're the one that's inside that brain. Nobody else, just you. And you have to learn how to deal with what's going on inside that head. And sometimes it's not easy, but as long as you recognize it and you're aware of it and you prepare for it, you'll be okay. Now in nutrition, there's certainly some supplements that you do need to add to your daily routine because your body doesn't get enough of them. And is zinc one of them? Well, we're going to find out because I've done some research and I'm going to let you know what I found out. And then you can decide if zinc is something that you want to add into your supplement program or maybe you're already getting enough of it right now with a multivitamin. Now, what is it for? What does zinc do? Well, it's a mineral and your body uses it. Every cell in your body actually uses a little bit of zinc. Now, your body cannot produce its own zinc, which is why you need to eat food that is rich in zinc and drink enough water, of course, as always, and use other supplements that can help give your cells the zinc that you need. So sometimes it's mixed into different products like things that are pre-workout or post-workout or maybe even uh, protein drinks or meal replacements. So you might already be getting your zinc in. So let's talk about what it does for your body. Zinc plays a very important role in hundreds of processes in your body, just like most vitamins and minerals do. Now the most prominent functions include the support of your immune system, your tissues, your joints, and helping your cells grow. Now, zinc supplements have been proven to help eliminate some sexual dysfunctions, boost sexual function, <laughs> so obviously we can see where that trend is going, and aid in the health of your hair and your skin and wound healing. So basically that whole cell generation thing is what the zinc is going to help with. But no matter how you look at it, it's certainly going to be playing an important role in most of your senses, like the ability to taste, to smell, and to see. Now, they've done quite a bit of research and it has indicated that zinc can actually help counter some of the loss in the event of macular degeneration. And that does happen to a lot of people. So obviously you wanna find out if you're deficient in zinc before adding anything in and talk to your doctor first. Now, how do you find out if you do have a deficiency, maybe without going to the doctor yet, you, you want to find out yourself and then go? Well, 
the deficiency of zinc can lead to your dull taste buds. You maybe don't taste things like you used to. And maybe you don't smell things like you used to. You, you're not able to detect something that is, everybody else can smell, or maybe not as much of it. So again, if these are the kind of symptoms that you're having, then you might want to talk to your doctor about zinc supplements and maybe see if you can take a test for that. Because too much of a good thing can be bad. So you definitely don't want to have too much zinc. And again, look at the other supplements you're taking. Is there some in there already? Now, this research also proved that taking more than 100 milligrams daily for an extended period of time can actually damage the immune system. So basically do the opposite of what it's supposed to be doing. Now, on the other hand, if you're older, you can certainly benefit from zinc if you have a deficiency, which usually what happens as you know, we get older, a lot of things don't quite work as properly, so that's something that could happen. When taking supplements, we tend to forget that there are some supplements that work better with others, and there's some supplements that don't work better than others. And I know that sounds kind of simple, but there are certainly different supplements that really could have more absorption if you have the cofactors with them. So zinc is one of those. It's one of those that also can conflict with other minerals. It actually can interfere with your absorption of copper. Now, it may sound funny, but most of the experts recommend that you actually take those two together. And anybody who is taking a zinc supplement should ensure that the other vitamins and minerals are cofactors or at least working together with zinc and not against it. Now, when you're looking for zinc in a supplement, if you obviously you should go to your doctor first and maybe he will prescribe something or recommend something, but Unfortunately, most of these supplements are not completely regulated. So you should always look for a manufacturer who is what they call GMP compliant. Those are going to be the ones that have the, the standards of manufacturing and um, up to a certain level of standards so that you do not risk the, the possibility of contamination in the actual supplements. And, you know, we do hear these stories quite often about certain places not being as clean as they're supposed to be and different things getting into the food or the vitamins or whatever. So you certainly want to look for a reputable company when you're looking for any dietary supplement at all. Now on the plus side, if you do need to supplement with zinc, it's usually not very expensive. But the most important part of anything is to make sure that you do talk with your doctor if you think you've got a deficiency in something. Don't just self-diagnose and run out and buy zinc because obviously you can take too much, you can take it with the wrong items, you might not need it, and too much is not good for you. So talk to your doctor, see if you can get some tests done, or maybe just tell them how you're feeling, and maybe you're not eating quite a great diet, which maybe you need to start there first before you start adding in supplements. Because remember, ultimately, supplements are made to be a supplement to your regular eating. So that if there's certain things that you're missing, because maybe you're allergic or you're vegan or whatever, um, you can get them in in a supplement form. In the previous podcast, we went through some of the most common causes of exercise-related injuries. Now, hopefully you haven't had any of those, but we have a few more that we're going to review, and some of these may have been something that you've encountered. Now, the first one is improper footwear. 
Now, most people think that they can wear whatever they want when they work out, and some people wear, wear flip-flops or sandals, which is completely inappropriate. And to be honest with you, gyms really are not supposed to allow people in to a weight room area if that's what they're wearing because it's a liability. But unfortunately, you check in at the front desk, nobody looks at your feet. And common sense should tell you that you need some sort of footwear that's going to give you some traction, some hold, so that you're not going to slide around. And you also need to take a look at whatever sport you're doing. Is your sport uh, distance running? or Is it basketball? Are you jumping a lot? Um, is it um, aerobic? Are you moving back and forth? Do you need that stability? Is it just regular old weight training and you just need a good solid shoe that's got balance and comfort? So consider what you do for the majority of your sports. And yeah, sometimes you're going to have different shoes for different events. If you're a bike, biker, you're going to have one set of shoes. And if you're a runner, you're going to have another set of shoes. And if you do triathlons, you're going to do two sets of shoes. And then, of course, maybe even some swim shoes. So you can be changing shoes for different um, sports or activities that you're taking part in. But, you know, when you look at the big picture, getting a, a good pair of shoes certainly outweighs the cost of going to the doctor and all the medical bills that you might have to incur if you have an injury. And, of course, the pain that comes when you have a foot injury is not very fun. So make sure that you have proper footwear when you go to the gym or when you go outside to walk or whichever your particular exercise is. And also, most people don't realize that footwear can actually wear down anywhere from six months to fa you know, faster than that or last a little bit longer than that. But at about that six-month point, you want to be evaluating your shoes. A lot of times, they're broken down, and you need a new pair. You can see if you're starting to see the bottoms of your shoe and they're all worn, yeah, it's time for new shoes. So a new pair of shoes twice a year still, in the scope of things, is not that big of a cost. I mean, I know that they can get certainly costly, but when you think about what you're doing on them and what you're trying to do and how you want to have longevity in your joints and in your ankles and in your knees, then it's not such a big deal. So evaluate that and maybe set your dates as far as when you're going to evaluate your shoes. The next most common uh, exercise-related injury comes from overtraining. And this is something that almost everyone has done at some time. Now, there are some theories that there's no such thing as overtraining, just under eating. And I don't know about that, but certainly your eating is going to help you recover. And if you're really eating well, the right foods for your muscles to recover, it's certainly going to speed up the process. But I think there's still a chance of getting involved in overtraining. And you usually know the type of person that this is. They're at the gym all the time. They're out running all the time, or they're always taking a spin class, or they're always doing too much work, basically, in the gym. Now, when you start with an exercise program, sure, you get a little addicted to it, and you want to keep going and going and going. But working out longer and harder isn't always the answer. You have to work out smarter. Because it's not how much time you spend on the cardio or in the weight room. It's how well you do it, how well you execute the different movements, how well you maintain your heart rate, if that's the goal that you're going for. So think about how you can fine-tune your program, not just keep trying to go for more time, more time. And this is very true of the people that are cardio-addicted. They keep wanting to go longer and longer and longer. And in reality, if you're getting in better shape, you should be able to get just as much work in less time.
by doing sprints or alternating with your heart rate, whatever you want to do with that. But again, you should be getting more done in less time. No matter what you're training, you need to give your body some rest. And that's why we usually don't work the same muscle groups days in a row, but sometimes the, the entire body needs the rest. A lot of times doing every other day types of workouts give you that added rest you need for your joints and for your muscles to recover. Now, one of the biggest differences between somebody who's young and somebody who's old is that the recovery system is much faster when you're young. When you're older, it takes you longer to recover, so you need to have a little more rest in between your workouts. Now, that's also where cycling your workouts come into play because you can do a heavy cycle for maybe three or four weeks, and then you can do a lighter one for the next three or four weeks, and then you can maybe even take a, a week off. And that way, your body is not getting overtrained. You're not constantly pounding it with heavy weight, or you're not constantly giving it high repetitions. You're balancing it out, giving it a little bit of each along the way so that it can learn to adapt and then change it up. And that way, you have that whole system built in for your natural recovery and also to prevent your overtraining, which can also lead to an urge to quit because overtraining leads to burnout. Basically, you feel tired. You don't know why. You're frustrated. You don't want to work out. You know, all these things go hand in hand. So by preventing overtraining, you're going to be able to train longer and smarter. Now, the last most common exercise-related injury comes from untrained instruction. And that means basically working with somebody who's not really a trainer, who doesn't really know what they're doing. And you'd be surprised how many times this happens. For some reason, people think exercise is something that everybody knows how to do and that they know the best and that they can figure it out or whatever. And true, you can figure it out. Very easy nowadays with the internet to watch videos, to read about it. But like anything else, do your research. You're not going to go and get on a plane with a person who said, hey, my brother flew on a plane and um, he can fly this plane and he's going to fly us somewhere. Well, you wouldn't do that. So why would you go to the gym with somebody that says, well, my, my brother took me to the gym and we did some exercises and I'll show you what to do. Okay, it's not the same. If you don't really know how to instruct somebody in the proper way to do something, you're going to end up injuring them. And that's why it is very important to work with a trainer when you first start. Once you build the foundation of your basic exercises, and basic doesn't mean easy, it just means the ones that are um, offshoots of every other exercise come from, like your squats and your lunges and your pull downs and your row, everything kind of is a variation of that. So once you learn those principles, then you're okay. But if you go in there and you're going to work out with your boyfriend or you're going to work out with your buddy, and neither one of you know really what to do or you've never worked with a trainer, you're going to look around, you're going to copy somebody you see in the gym, and most likely that person is not doing the exercise correctly. And so neither will you, and you'll end up getting hurt. Now, the other side of it is if you don't get hurt, you're not going to be getting the most out of that exercise because if you don't really understand what you should be feeling, which is something that a trainer can tell you, if you don't understand how to actually activate the correct muscle groups, the one that you're training, which again, a trainer can give you the right cues so that you know how to feel those muscles, then you're not going to be getting much out of your workout. And what's going to happen? You're not going to get results. You're going to want to quit. 
So it's one thing to go into the gym and go through the motions, but it's another thing to go in there and know what muscle you're working, how you should be feeling it, what you need to do, how you need to position your body in order to feel the proper muscle group working. For example, when you're doing row, a lot of people end up pulling with the shoulders and the biceps and you should be using the back muscles. And that is something that it does take a trainer to explain, and it takes some practice on your part, but it goes hand in hand. You know, we as trainers can look at somebody and say, yeah, you're just using your arms and shoulders. You can see by the way their posture is, um, by the way they're moving. And we also know if you're using too much weight that you're probably not using the right muscle group. And I see this a lot in gyms too. You know, the weight machines have a stack of, let's say, 200 is the maximum weight at the bottom. And some guy comes in and puts it down at 190. You know, and you're thinking, okay, there's a reason why that stack only goes to 200. It's not for you to max it out. It's because, you know, that's pretty much the range that most people are never going to see. Now, if you're a big, huge power man, uh, power lifter or strongman competition competitor, you know, yeah, you could probably do that. But your average person is not. And when you get to that heavy weight, you're not doing it correctly. So don't worry about the weight. Worry more about the form and doing it properly. And then that way, you're going to get the most benefit and you're not going to get injured, which means you can keep up with your program for a longer period of time. And that's what it's all about, being healthy and keeping your body in good shape. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.